Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary. Maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. You are locked on thunder. Your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello everyone, we're locked in for episode 183 of Locked On Thunder, presented by the Norman Transcript. I'm your host, Fred Katz. Locked on Thunder is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Head out to iTunes, search Locked on Thunder, subscribe to the podcast there, and leave a review. Once you're on that page, find us on audioboom.com. Log on to normantranscript.com as well. You can check out my blog there, Thunder Road. It's under the sports tab on the site. You can see all my coverage there of the Thunder. I'm on every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So you're, if you're listening to this, it's probably Thursday. Maybe it's even later than that. Either way, the regular season is over. Uh, the Thunder played, or the Thunder play. Denver on Thursday night at home. Now, normally I do post-game wrap-ups. If you listen to the podcast even a couple times, you probably know that. I'm recording this one on Wednesday afternoon because like, I know Oscar Robertson's supposed to be in the building and all that stuff, but who cares about the game? I wanted to do an awards podcast, so this is all awards ballots. We're going through all award ballots, and, and it's not going to be just me. It's also going to be a uh, Sweet 16 guest, Sweet 16th time guest, John Hamm. Back again, you I, you're like a cockroach. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as a compliment. <laughs> I prefer to think of it that way. No, you're you're not like a cockroach. Jerry is the cockroach <laughs> because he hasn't seen the light of day, as in your podcast. Yes, there you go. Exactly, exactly. You want to just get right into award ballots? Let's so here, do it. Yeah. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're going through a bunch of different. Awards, you know, Defensive Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year and MIP and MVP and Coach of the Year and All-NBA teams, all that stuff. We got them planned out. John and I have not exchanged ballots um, other than I do know who his Sixth Man of the Year is. Uh, but John mm-hmm. and I have not exchanged ballots, and we're just going to go forth. Let's let's read them backwards. Let's read them, like, either 3-1 to one or 5-1. Or to one. Okay. Because it'll increase the drama, you know? I like that. Sure, let's do it. Why don't you – let's start on Defensive Player of the Year. You want to you wanna lead us off with your Defensive Player of the Year, 3-1? to one? Okay. Um, my third place vote goes to Draymond Green. Okay. Are you going to read your whole thing, or are we going back and forth? Um, how do you want to do it? I, I don't yeah. know. It, I, I, it I, your podcast. Let's, you know what? Let's, let's, uh, let's each read off our, our ones, and our all three in reverse order, and then, uh, and then we'll have a discussion, so that way we don't if like one of us has another person higher than the other one, we don't get redundant and discuss the same guy twice. Okay, sounds good. Uh, my number three went to Draymond Green. Number two, Kawhi Leonard. Number one, Rudy Gobert. So we have same guys, different order. Okay. Uh, number three, I had Kawhi. Number two, I had Rudy Gobert. And number one, I had Draymond Green. You know, for all the talk of MVP, this was really hard. Kind of, Yeah. This was because Rudy Gobert is so deserving. If Rudy yep. Gobert gets this, no, he is phenomenal. He is a all defense caliber player, and uh, I think he'll win one. And I think he should win one at some point in his career because he's phenomenal and he deserves to win the award this year. It's so close. My tiebreaker is that uh, the Warriors are a higher ranked defense now. I guess that could change on the final night of the season, right? Uh, the I Warriors could. are. Uh, what the Warriors are barely better. No, it probably won't. They're they're one and a half points per per hundred better. And uh, Draymond's just more versatile. I think they're equally as integral to their team's defenses. You know, Rudy Gobert is is the is the Jazz defense, but mm-hmm. but Draymond is so versatile with the way that he switches. With the you know he can legitimately guard five positions. And uh, I, I just that was kind of. My tiebreaker, just that Rudy Gobert is actually pretty good at switching onto guys for a big man for his size, all that. But like Draymond is like just as good, and uh, that was 
that was kind of my tiebreaker, even though Gobert is obviously the superior rim protector. He's the best rim protector in the NBA. Yeah, I think um, if I'm reading this right, I, I basically kind of went stats-based on this, um, and I'll have to pull up Draymond's again. But Rudy Gobert, I think there was a almost seven-point difference uh, with him on the court versus off the court for Utah. And now I understand you get into, well, how good are his backups? And, you know, (laughs) that conversation from the MVP debate can bleed into this. But um, I think that was kind of my – that's kind of where I leaned in in making my uh, decision there. Well, that was why I had Kawhi third because I just don't know – the Spurs defense is on off. Like the Spurs defense is better when he's off the floor points per possession. That is so screwy. Yeah. It's really weird. And and look, look, a lot of it is because he's he's sharing minutes with – he's playing a lot of minutes next to Pau Gasol. And he's playing a lot of minutes next to David Lee. Yeah. And that, that hurts him. It's not everything, but that, that hurts him. But it's still like I, I don't quite know what to make of those numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and because of that, he's obviously great. He's obviously phenomenal. He should be there. I, just because of that, I, I, I thought he deserved to be on the ballot. And it's still a tremendous defensive season being third in defensive player of the year. But I just – I thought Green and Gobert had superior defensive seasons. Yep, pretty much agree. And, uh, oh, I had another thought there that's already escaped me. See what happens when you get old? I... <laughs> well, why don't we, why don't we do all defense? And maybe we'll let's come back do to it. you while we're doing all defense. All right, give me, okay. give me, uh, give me your second, give, you know, let's go, give me your first team all defense. Okay. And this is, I feel, I feel pretty good about this, but I'm, I'm sure you're going to set me straight on a couple of things. So my first team all defense, uh, I have Chris Paul and Danny Green. Uh, in the front court, I have Kawhi Leonard and Draymond Green, and obviously defensive player of the year Rudy Gobert is the center. We're we're pretty close. I mean, I have I have the same thing. We I'm so glad that you have Danny Green too. That's all. You know, Danny Green's never made all defense. Isn't that crazy? It's a little bonkers. Yeah, he's incredible. He's an amazing defensive player, and he's been an amazing defensive player for a long time. But my yeah. my my only difference was I have uh, Patrick Beverly and Danny Green. Uh, okay, and then I had Draymond Green and Kawhi Leonard, and I had Rudy Gobert as my center. Yep. Uh, okay. Danny Green, uh, that's awesome that we both have him there. He's just so. Imp- you look at the Spurs defense; there aren't that many great defenders on the Spurs defense. Like for a defense that's ranked number one in defensive efficiency, they got Kawhi, they got Green, Dwayne Dedman's having a great defensive season. Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson is is really solid, but he Although doesn't play he's- a ton of minutes. And Deadman, right. and Deadman doesn't play a ton. Of, he's having a really good year, but he doesn't play a ton of minutes either. Yeah. Uh, you look at that, that defense is predicated on the fact that they have the the best defensive wings in the NBA. And uh, Danny Green is he's he's maybe the best transition defender in the NBA too, and he has been yep. for like years. He's great. He deserves to make something. I hope he does. Yep. Um, and I, I should also clarify for the Thunder fans out there is that I. In this case, I've heard from I've heard from a, a lot of people that basically Andre Robertson is a forward on the ballot. Yeah, no, he he is he is. That's why I would have had no him as a first team that. guard. Yeah, there's yeah. no fudging. He's not a guard forward. Like Draymond Green is listed as a forward center, but mm. Andre Robertson is just listed as a forward. And actually, we should be clear: neither of us actually has a vote. So this is all yes. hypothetical. Right. We should, we should probably right. cleared that up. Uh, but yeah, so this is all this is all hypothetical stuff. What's your what's your second team? But also, why, why Chris Paul? Sixty one games played. You felt comfortable putting him first team? Yeah, I did. Um, and this kind of bleeds over into some of the other uh, when you make all NBA selections. Is obviously games played as an impact. You know, it's it, it's something to keep in mind. Um, and I almost knocked him down to second team for that reason, but. I went ahead and talked myself into first team just because it's Chris Paul. He's just he's just so amazing. He um I need to go pull that up again. And, and I know that, you know, this stat is you know debatable and whatnot, but he's he's the he's number one in real plus minus defensively among point guards. So I took that into account as well. Yeah, no, I, I mean I I don't have any problem with that. Like I had Beverly and yep. Beverly's only played I think five more games than Chris Paul. Right. right. I, I just think uh Chris Paul against like a non-athletic freak, I think, is better than Beverly. But I think Beverly, because he's so athletic and spunky and just more more explosive than Chris Paul, I think he's able to guard a greater variety of point guards at a high level. 
Like, Chris Paul is better against Stephen, Stephen Curry, but Chris Paul can get beat by guys like Westbrook and John Wall and that kind of stuff. And I think, look, like, no one is stopping those guys, but I think Beverly annoys those types a lot and is still really good against the types that Chris Paul is good against. So that's that's kind of why I put him there. Plus, he played five more games, and that was kind of my tiebreaker. Second team, yeah. I actually do have Chris Paul, so I have no problem with you putting Chris Paul there. My, my okay. two guards are Tony Allen and Chris Paul. My two forwards are Andre Robertson and Paul Millsap. Um, and then my center, I really struggled to come up with a center. Um, I was deciding between DeAndre Jordan and Hassan Whiteside. And, and I went with Hassan Whiteside uh, because I, I think there are a lot of times this year where the Clippers defense was really inconsistent. I think DeAndre Jordan's great, but, and he was deserving first teamer the last couple of years. Uh, but I think Hassan Whiteside is, and I was a big Hassan Whiteside detractor. I did not. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago. I thought he was a block hunter. I mean, he was. He was a block hunter yeah. and a rebound hunter, and it was a real detriment to the defense. And, and he was, like, not even a good defensive player. Everyone talks about Eric Spolstra as a great coach because of, you know, the team's records and the way they came back from 10-31 and 31 to now possibly be a 500 team and, and all that stuff. But, like, how about the player development? How about the way that he turned Hassan Whiteside into a real defensive player? And the, mm-hmm. the Heat now have a top-five defense. Yeah. It wasn't an impressive organization. So I, I went white yeah. side, but that, that was really hard. I considered Marcus Gasol for that spot, too. That was really hard. If Dwayne, honestly, if Dwayne Dedman played more minutes, I would have put Dwayne Dedman. But he doesn't play enough yeah. minutes. Yeah, he had a case. So, And here's where, here's where the positions get a little screwy. Uh, so my second team, I have Beverly on the second team with Tony Allen, along with Andre Robertson. But my other forward is Robert Covington. I love it. I love it. I considered Covington. Yep. I love it. He's uh, great. He is. And I I originally had Hassan Whiteside as my center and Anthony Davis as my power forward, but I moved Davis to center. And I don't know if that's allowed or not, but that's what I did. That's allowed. I, I okay. think Anthony Davis is on there as a forward center. Yep. So I So I, that that I, was my that was my switcheroo. I I just the more I looked at Covington, the more I couldn't leave him off. Yeah, that's I, I love that. Covington's real good. He's, yep. he's really versatile. He's incredibly strong. Like, he's an incredibly strong on-ball defender. He can guard guards. He can guard forwards. He's, he's a very similar type of defender to Andre Robertson. I think he's a little bigger than Robertson. Robertson's probably mm-hmm. a little more slender. Uh, but right. he's, uh, he's, he's really good. He's really good. Uh, the reason I went with Paul Millsap, I, the Hawks' defense is really good. The Hawks' defense, like, that's the only reason they're winning, because of their defense. And, yeah, uh, and, and Millsap is, is the guy there. He's, he's got incredible hands and the way he meshes every kind of defense, team defense and versatility and switching and all that. Like people talk about how versatile he is offensively, but he is a remarkably versatile defensive player. So I went Millsap there, but with this kind of stuff, there are really no wrong answers. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, so Millsap was second team all defense last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he made it before then. Seems like he has. Uh, no, no, no. Last year it. was the first time. Yep. Yeah. Second team all defense. So. So we had we had the same four guards. Yeah. Pretty consistent. Three out of four on the forwards, and one out of two on the centers. Yeah. Uh, how about rookie of the year? Who you got? Give me three through one. Rookie of the year. Let me get over there. Where'd you go? Here we are. This is an okay. interesting one. I don't think we're gonna have the same ballot. Probably not. Uh, for number three, I went Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and recognize his 31 games of uh, fantastic basketball that, that hopefully will continue for a long time. Um, number two, I went Malcolm Brogdon. Number one, Dario Saric. Yeah. This was hard because it's just like a dumpster fire. Uh, kind three, of. <laughs> three, I went Buddy Heald. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been really good in Sacramento. He's just been shooting the ball really, really good. well. Yeah, he's been shooting he's- the ball really, really, really well. You know what, Buddy? Buddy Heald, he shoots like Steph Curry, but he's big <laughs> like Clay Thompson. Uh, number two, I got Dario Saric. <laughs> You're just breezing right on by that, aren't yes, you? Yes, okay. I'm not. I'm not going to acknowledge the King's insanity. I'm not pushing. I'm not pushing Sacramento propaganda on this podcast. Uh, number two, I got Dario Saric, and number okay. one, I have Malcolm Brogdon. Yep. Embiid is Brogdon's so by. Embiid is so by far the best. I yeah, mean, it's really so is. not even close, but I just 
31 games is not even close to qual- – to me, if you think that he's here, – here's, here's, uh, here's my problem with you, Ham. Here's, okay. here's, why, here's why I don't think you can put him third. Because okay. if you think he's third, you should think he's first. Because if you think he's third, that means you think he's eligible. And if you think he's eligible, he's so clearly the best one. And I can't have him on my ballot because if I don't think he's eligible for first then because he didn't play enough games, I shouldn't think he's eligible at all for the ballot. Does that make sense? Hmm. Am I missing something? Well, I, I see what you're saying. I, mean, I, guess, I, from mean, my... I guess I guess from your perspective, you could say like, well, the quality of the 31 games is just greater than the quality of someone else's 70. Right. Yeah. So there, there's a certain point where would you rather have 70 plus games of Dario Saric or would you rather have 31 of Joel Embiid? Um, and, and I guess I kind of looked at it too. Like, you know, I, I, I feel like he, you know, because he played in, you know, NBA games and showed potential. I, I just start deducting, you know, for certain things like games played. Um, and I still feel like at, at 31 games played what with what he produced, he still deserved at least a spot on the ballot, but I, I couldn't in good conscience make him the rookie of the year. Yeah, it sucks because he's yep. just – I mean, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be such a superstar if he can stay healthy from every perspective. And mm-hmm. he seems like seems like a great dude. And uh, it just – it sucks. It sucks. We haven't even talked about our winners. Why would you pick Saric over uh, Brogdon? Um, I basically went on the uh, – largely the post-All-Star break stats where he's putting up, I think, 17 and, and I think 9. Um, Brogdon's been – pretty steady throughout the season. Um, I just, I felt like that Sharich kind of emerged over the past 20 games or so. And, and I, I think largely uh, probably it's that tilted me towards him. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Sharich is a totally, totally fine bet. I think he's going to win. I don't think Brogdon's going to win, even though I have him number one. I, with, with my thing with Sharich is if it were rookie of the second half, then my answer would be Sharich. Right. Brogdon, Sharich is getting destroyed on defense, though. Mm -hmm. Just wrecked. And Brogdon is a very good defensive rookie. Now, now granted, he's old. (laughs) Right. I don't know how much better he's going to get than he is right now. But but he defends the ball really well. He's really good going around ball screens. He's long. He's feisty. He can shoot. Uh, I I like him. Like he's he's obviously a good player. I don't know how much better he's going to be than he is right now because he's like you know thirty seven years old. But but he's good. He's, <laughs> I just think he's more reliable. Like if I if I needed to start one of those guys, Brogdon or Saric, in a game that I had to win, I I would feel more comfortable with Brogdon. He's a little more consistent. He's more reliable on both sides of the floor. Um, and and the defense is really what put put me over. Sharch is going to be really good. I really like his game. He's a great passer. He's an amazing mm-hmm. passer, and he's averaging like at power forward. He's averaging like four point something assists a game or something like that over his last you know you know that stretch that you're talking about where he's averaging seventeen and nine. So he's he's going to be great. He's got a little bit of like slightly of like less athletic Blake Griffin in him. Yeah, where he's he can handle the ball and he's skilled and he can pass and maybe a little bit of Julius Randall too. Like he's. He's really good. He's really, really good. Uh, I just – Brogdon's been steadier to me. Yep. I can't throw a fit about that. Yeah. I, I think Sharch is – I think if, if I were drafting if I were drafting guys to start a team and, like, you know, had to move forward and build around one guy, I would choose Sharch over Brogdon. True. But yep. I just think Brogdon's had the better overall season. Who got for six-man? Six-man is not – I kind of thought it was a really good year for six-man, but it, it kind of isn't. Yeah, it's not. Uh, <clears throat> it's a little weird. Um, so I, I didn't come up with a top three. I mean, I, I guess I could rattle off a couple more off the top of my head, but um, I just have Zach Randolph as a six man of the year. Um, I think at the All Star break, it would have been Eric Gordon, probably in a landslide. Uh, but his stats have kind of fallen off since then. I don't know if it's the balls out of his hands more because Lou Williams is there. Lou Williams would have been a great candidate as well, but yeah. I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like Zach Randolph, he's putting up better per 36 numbers this year than he did last year coming off the bench at age 35. Um, I just felt like voting Zach. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. I got I got Randolph. Uh, I got him second. Uh, I, I had Lou Williams three, and I have Eric Gordon one. I just think Eric Gordon's going to make 253s off the bench, and that's crazy. 
Yeah. That's insane. How, how many games has he started? Not that many. Not that many? 15. Okay. 15. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he's that's 253s, and for anyone, is just an incredible season. And yeah. him doing it off the bench is amazing. And look, if all people say is look how much help James Harden gets when he has the all these guys, then I don't want to hear, well, Eric Gordon's only better because he has James Harden. Pick one. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Pick precisely. One. Uh, so I, I think it's uh, I think it's Gordon. He's had a great year. He's had a great yeah. year. Uh, and and you know what? He's he's been better defensively this year than he was in New Orleans. Well, I think he's happier oh, for yeah, one thing. No question about that. <laughs> that that helps. Man, you can That'll... go to God. You can go to like just you can go to someone who's just like clinically depressed, and he might be happier than Eric Gordon <laughs> was in New Orleans. Yeah. That was. He was he was not in a good spot. Not at all. Not at all. he really wanted to go to Phoenix. Yeah, back in 2011, really wanted to, or 2012, I guess. Zebo's season's impressive, though. Mm-hmm. It's it's cool the way his career has developed. He people yeah, were talking yeah. about like eight years. How like Zach Randolph might be out of the league soon with the way with his with his selfish play and his attitude and his unplayable basketball, you know, skill set. Mm-hmm. And now he's like universally praised as this winning player. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's quite the turnaround. Part of that uh, Portland Jailblazers team. Yeah. That, uh, man, that was, a, that was a time. Yeah. Who you got for uh, most improved? Most improved. Uh, in number three, I went Bradley Beal. Number two, I went Rudy Gobert. And uh, number one, I went Giannis Antetokounmpo. Cool. We've got a little bit of... Uh... A little bit of changing up here. All right. Number three, I have uh, – you went all, like, really, really good players. Number three, yeah. Number three, I have James Johnson. I've heard his case mentioned recently. Okay. Yeah. Number two, I have Isaiah Thomas. Okay. And number three, I have Giannis. Or number one, I have Giannis, I mean. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, Isaiah was just like – Isaiah two years ago was a six-man. Right. And now he could be fifth in MVP. Traded for a uh, second-round pick and a trade exception. Oh, what a trade. <laughs> what an unbelievable trade. Yeah. Uh, and, and James Johnson to me, yeah, James Johnson to me is just like, he's kind of the embodiment of the award. I I, I, I strongly considered putting Jokic there, but I, I really just don't kind of believe that you should put a second-year a second year player there because, like, second-year players naturally improve, you know? Like, there's an right. expected improvement. I understand if, if someone disagrees with me, like it's just an interpretation of it. If you want to say the Jokic improved a ton, he did improve a ton. There's no question he improved a ton, but like James Johnson has been in the league for, for years and he's bounced around on five different teams and he's never quite been a shooter and he averaged five points a game last season in limited playing time. And now all of a sudden he's like an integral part of the number five defense in the league. And he's making a really respectable volume of threes, like 35, 36%. And he plays a ton of minutes and he starts on a, on a team that could end up being in the playoffs. And it's like, that is, that is to me a guy who just came in and for whatever reason, totally turned around. Not like he was going to be like out of the league or something. He was always a guy who was just like a tough defender. And that was about it. But this to me is if like Quincy AC became a really good offensive player, like a really, really reliable starter on a playoff team. Like if, you know, that's kind of what he was. And, uh, it's, it's, it's great. It's great to see that kind of improvement. I just think it's really cool when a guy makes that leap so late in his career and maybe it's a one year thing, but that's fine. Still improved for this mm-hmm. year. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get you on the second year players. That's why I avoided Jokic, uh, for the reasons you mentioned. I mean, next year, if DeMontis Sabonis comes out and drops like 16 and eight, I probably won't consider him for most improved because you kind of expect that's going to happen. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, uh, I consider James Johnson. Now maybe it needs to be, maybe there needs to be a qualifier that you had, you have to have had played in the D league at some point in your career to be eligible for the award. Maybe that needs to be the qualifier. Uh, that would be good. The D league should give out that award. Most improved alum. The D league should come yeah. up with that award. <laughs> 
There you go. I they would like get that. themselves publicity because they'd be giving a D League award to an NBA player. So yeah. the, that that would work. They could give it to uh, the problem is like you have you'd have to have a certain number of games played in the D League. It couldn't be a guy who just like went down on a rehab assignment. Right. No, it had to be someone that. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, it, it's meant for a guy like Jeremy Lin. Right. Uh, Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. Yeah. For those guys. Uh, I like that. Who you got? Uh, who you got? Coach of the year. This is a fun mm-hmm. one. About a million good candidates. Oh yeah, and this is another one where I mean, it's it's very hard to screw it up, I suppose. But yeah. uh, number three, I have Brad Stevens. Number two, I have Mike D'Antoni, and number one, I have Greg Popovich because Greg Popovich. That's my explanation. Yeah, I have Greg Popovich too. Yeah, because uh, Greg. Because Greg. Also, because like okay. I was certain this defense was going to fall off. They were number one last year, and they were kind of historically good. And I was mm-hmm. certain this defense was going to fall off preseason. Like I said this already, they just don't have a ton of great defenders. And then it's number one again. Mm-hmm. And look at the defensive players on this team. Look at what he did with Dwayne Dedman, who is going to get a huge contract. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, two I have D'Antoni. He's done a great job. You know, people have talked everything there is to say about D'Antoni. Three, I have Eric Spolstra. I totally get that one. Yeah, everything. I mean, I already said it. They were 10-31, and 31, and just to be able – that organization is amazing. To be able to establish that culture to where they fight back and they're 40-41 and 41 going into the last game of the season. Some people are like, well, if the Heat make it, I'm going to put Spolstra on my ballot. But if they don't, I'm not. Like what? You're going to let them finishing with 41 wins instead of 40 wins? Like if, if, they, were, if they were fighting to be the 9 seed instead of the 10 seed, you wouldn't say that. Like if you're, if you're going to – let 40 wins versus 41 wins decide where you have your coach of the year vote. That's crazy to me. Like he, That sounds like arbitrary numbers to me. <laughs> they are arbitrary numbers. I had a, an arbitrary numbers joke that I was so proud of the other day. I bet you were. It was, it was so good. I, I'm going to go ahead and say it was my best arbitrary numbers joke ever. I make a lot of arbitrary numbers. <laughs> You know, we, someone, uh, I was tweeting about Westbrook triple doubles. Someone tweeted at me, "Who cares?" Uh-huh. I, I responded, "Like tons of people." He responded, and then someone else responded, "Not if you live in Houston." And I and I quote tweeted it with, "Houston is merely an arbitrary rounded location. If you change the filters, <laughs> we're all just on Earth." That's right. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, that's that's fantastic. I was so proud of myself. Yeah, you should be. You should be. That uh, that should go on Twitter Hall of Fame. Sorry, I, I, I just cut you off to read one of my old tweets. Really the most <laughs> the most arrogant thing that someone can do. So please, <laughs> please continue. That's okay. I was just about to mention a tweet that I, I sent out. I, I forgot when um, I, I sent this, but at one point I'd said, you know, if Miami and Dallas have designs on tanking, they have the wrong head coaches. <laughs> yeah. Because with Spolster and Carlisle, it's just not going to happen. Um, so yeah, all, all sorts of mad props to, uh, to Spolstra and, you know, to, like you say, the culture that, you know, Riley has put together there, you know, they just basically picked up guys off the scrap heap last year, like Luke Babbitt, Dion waiters, let's be honest, you know, James Johnson, um, Willie Reed and put these guys together. And, you know, uh, I, I think a lot of teams would have just totally just went under with that lineup. Definitely. And sh- shout out to Scott Brooks too. He's done a great job this year. Yeah, it was it was tough leaving him off. It honestly, it was he or Brad Stevens, um, and I just went ahead and leaned towards Stevens because he's probably going to get the number one seed in the East. That makes sense, and Quinn Snyder as well. Great coach, yeah, Quinn Snyder, too. really good coach. Uh, let's let's uh, it's it's all NBA time. We got all NBA, and then we got MVP, and that's it, right? I didn't forget anything. That looks unless you want to talk about Executive of the Year. I think that's the worst award in the NBA. <laughs> it really is because it shouldn't be a one year thing. It's it's, you know, these things that take years and years. But Right. Like when when the Sixers finally get good and and Ben Simmons is amazing. And like let's say Ben Simmons is great and Embiid stays healthy and Sharich is really good and the Sixers win 48 games. Let's say that happens next year. Does Sam Hinkie get executive of the year? <laughs> exactly. Like it's so ridiculous. Right. Executive of the year. If the whole point of being an executive is having the foresight to do what's best for your future, then how the how the hell can there be an executive of the year? It doesn't even make sense. Yeah. 
Yep. Nope. I agree. However, I went ahead and gave the vote to Daryl Morey just because. So. There you go. I'm. Uh, I, I I had a protest vote. I gave it to Adam Silver. <laughs> oh, nice. I can give it to, to David Stern for saving the Chris Paul trade. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's just start off with first team All NBA. You want to go first? Should I go first? How are we doing it? Did we want to go first team or third team? Uh, How let's do you go, do let's go first team. Let's go first team. Okay. All right. Um, this is probably not too terribly controversial. My All NBA first team is Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and Mark Gasol. Okay, I have the same thing, but my center is Rudy Gobert. Yep, I flip-flopped. I flip-flopped on that. I, I went back again and had another look at uh, at Gasol and what he's done this season, and, and I just slid him slightly ahead of Gobert. Yeah, he's great. He really is. He's become such a great offensive player with the way that he shoots threes now at a really high clip, at a pretty high volume, really high volume for a center. He's an unbelievable passer. He's he's a better offensive player than he's ever been. I don't think he's a better defensive player than he's ever been, but he's still a really good defensive player. Right. Yeah. Gobert, Gobert to me is an underrated offensive player. He really is. I mean, he's he, he's a pretty good screener, and he's he's a good finisher around the rim, and he's a great offensive rebounder. And to me, the defense just kind of set him over. Uh, it was I yeah. considered I considered putting Draymond as my first team center because he's a forward center. Right. But uh, I, I went Gobert. Yep. I could see that. Yeah. Um, all right. And, and when I say I, I meant I considered putting Draymond there, I meant I meant with all defense, not with all NBA. Um, but we are now talking about I, – I, okay, go back. What I said doesn't make any sense. I, I for some reason, <laughs> thought we were talking about all defense. <laughs> I did vote for Gobert, first team all NBA, and I was happy with that. But then in the middle of my explanation – I, for some reason, you know what? I've had a long road trip, all right? I just You've had a long, the, yeah. Had a long road trip. Yeah. That didn't make sense. Well, I won't even edit it out. I'll just let myself look stupid. <laughs> What's your, save me. What's your second team? Save me. Uh, second team, I have uh, Steph Curry and John Wall, along with Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and Rudy Gobert. Okay. Uh, second team, I have Stephen Curry, uh, John Wall, Along with Giannis, Kevin Durant, and uh, DeAndre Jordan. Okay. I uh, so we we changed. You uh, was it the games played for Durant for you? Um. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I I feel like probably even if he had played a full season, I don't really know if I could have put him in front of Kawhi or LeBron. Um. Right. Right. So no, that makes sense. But by my second team, you can you can still have him there. So was it the games played? Oh no, I've got him on second team. God, what's wrong with me? You said Durant. I don't know. What is wrong yeah, with me right now? <laughs> that's that's. I was wondering what direction you were going with there. Yeah, uh, I have uh, Durant and Draymond as my forwards, and Rudy Gobert as the center. I'm a horrible podcast host. You've been on the road. It's totally understandable. This is okay. So, in my defense, I've slept like seven hours in the last three nights. Yeah, and, uh, I did get my bag back from Delta today after fantastic after seven or eight days without it. Got it back. Yeah, hooray for me. Good deal. Yeah, so I have I have Curry, Wall, Giannis, Durant, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, DeAndre, I put there because I think he's a, he's a way better offensive player than people say. Like he's the best screen setter in the NBA. The threat of the lob to him is like the whole. Is, is so much of the Clippers offense. Like people do not talk about that enough. People talk about him as just like a, a dunker and, and a, and a defensive player, but he is an, he is a, he's an inside floor spacer. He's an inside out floor spacer. And it's uh it's, it's really important to what they do. Giannis has just been unbelievable, especially the last 20 games. He's just totally picked it up. I think if we had to do this, a month and a half ago, I would have had Giannis third team. The way he plays on both sides is incredible. Curry Wall, um, both those guys are, you know, having tremendous seasons and guys I considered up for my MVP ballot as well. Um, yeah, and Durant. Durant probably would still be second team for me, even if he yeah. played the full season, which is which is kind of weird. But 61 games is enough to get him second team. That's fine. I mean, yeah. we put Chris Paul on stuff, and he's at 61 as well. Right. 
What do you got third? Third, uh, my backcourt is Chris Paul and Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Frontcourt is Jimmy Butler, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and my center is Anthony Davis. Okay. So I went, you know what? I'm changing it. I'm changing with what I did. Uh, So I'm going to say I have the same backcourt as you, Isaiah Thomas and Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. Uh, My forwards are going to be Draymond Green and Paul George, and my center is Anthony Davis. I originally had Gasol as my center. Uh, Um, But Paul George deserves to be on there over Gasol, in my opinion. So you don't have, let's see, you don't have Jimmy Butler on your teams. No, I, I, so here's my problem with, I don't have Jimmy Butler. I don't have Gordon Hayward. Um, I feel bad about leaving off Hayward. He's had a great year. I have no problem with anybody who wants to vote for him. I have no problem with anyone who wants to vote for Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. My thing with Jimmy Butler not being on an all-NBA team, and this was kind of my – this is not like a reason in general not to be on an all-NBA team, but the forwards are so deep. Like I feel like I had to put Davis at center and knock off Gasol just because the forwards are so deep. And, right. Um, with Jimmy Butler, the tiebreaker to me is just kind of the locker room stuff. I, I feel like he, he's he been at the top and at the center of a lot of this really weird stuff that's gone down in Chicago this year. And I think it's really impacted their play. Uh, it's really impacted the way that they've performed in a lot of ways. And, and maybe I'm being too harsh on that. And that's kind of something I don't normally do. I normally just leave it to on the court. But I think with Butler, it's just been so obvious that as just a tiebreaker, there's so many other great guys out there. Uh, I think it's just, it it was really the only way I could work a tiebreaker with it. And that's strange because a lot of that is why I discounted Paul George. That's funny. That's fair. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's totally fair. Um, I, I'll tell you what, if I had a ballot, I would feel really obligated to put Paul George on there. You just want him to get the extra uh, $70 million. $75 million, yeah. Yes. No, that's exactly why. I, honestly, that is why I said that. Because <laughs> I, I just – if you can argue it, I don't want to be the dude that costs him $75 million. It is such an unfair position to put voters uh, d- deciding this stuff, but that's a whole other conversation. But yeah. yes. Yes. If it's justifiable, like I feel like he's going to make all league because the majority of voters probably feel that way. Yeah, probably so. So you're not going to cost someone $75 million for this. It's, it's, it's silly. This should not determine contracts. Because, I mean, th- yeah, it's, it is ridiculous because just so people are – so they know, if he makes an all-NBA team, he becomes eligible for the same extension that the Thunder can offer Russell Westbrook. Um, which basically means this summer it could mean the difference between Paul George being traded or staying in Indiana. Right. And, no, 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 no pressure. And and Paul George making significantly more money. Right. Like seventy. What, what's the number? It's it's rounded to about seventy million, right? Seventy I think million so. more dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Give or take. Give or take. Something along that range. Seventy, so, yeah. seventy-five, something like that. It's it's crazy. It's a crazy number. Could drastically and, impact his his bank account as well as the Indiana Pacers as a franchise. Yeah, yeah. I, I Paul, you just I I feel like Paul George. Like you want to put Paul George on there, you know? Like I, I yeah. it's it's a weird thing, but I'm I'm you know I, I realize that there's not supposed to be a human element to this, but I'm I mean they, I, this isn't a real vote, so I can say whatever the heck I want. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, let's get to MVP. Okay. Give me give me give me 5 through 3. 5 through 3. Okay. My number 5 is LeBron James. Okay. My number 4 is Steph Curry. Okay. My number 3 is Kawhi Leonard. Who else did you just uh were you considering for 5? Honestly, that's about it. You were considering could... Wall or Isaiah? Yes. No, I just I, and honestly, I'll tell you what, I probably would have, but the way that Steph Curry kind of, you know, when, when Golden State went on that tear again, once they, they, they kind of stumbled after Durant's injury and then Steph Curry came back to life again, it just kind of reminded me like, oh yeah, this guy's like uh, one of the best in the league. 
So um, I nudged him onto the ballot. And so I kind of I, I kind of gave him credit for the for the late push by the Warriors, and I kind of dinged LeBron for the Cavs uh, kind of slump after the break. Yeah, that I mean that that's why I have Curry on my ballot too. I have Curry five, I have LeBron four, I have Kawhi three, I have LeBron ahead of Curry because LeBron's on off numbers are just insane. People talk about yeah. Russell Westbrook's on off numbers being crazy and how much worse the Thunder are when Russell Westbrook doesn't play. LeBron's are even more extreme. The Cavs are terrible when LeBron. They're legitimately a terrible team when LeBron doesn't play. Yeah, they're yeah. horrible. So, which is which is not expected, considering they're defending champs and they have lots of other good players. But they are horrible when LeBron doesn't play. It makes me feel really weird to vote probably the NBA's best players number five and MVP. It, yeah, it makes me feel feel weird to put him four, and I have Kawhi number three. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, who's your one and two? All right. Um, so a couple of a couple of weeks ago, I guess. When was that? A couple of weeks ago, I was asked if you were voting for MVP, who would it be? And I said, if, if I were voting right now, uh, it would be James Harden. Uh, it went over well on Twitter. Um, it was kind of like <laughs> showing up at a at a Star Wars convention wearing a Starfleet uniform or vice versa. <laughs> um, but I flipped, Fred. Really? I flipped. And it had everything. It started with Dallas. It went on through Orlando. It went on through Denver. Um, and and a couple of things about Harden came up. I, I mean, not major. Sign- yeah, you know, I'm not. I, I hate that I have to like try to you know almost trash a guy to build up the other guy's case. Um, I just kept going back to the clutch stats, and that's where I flipped to Russell Westbrook. I mean, it, it makes sense. There, there. I have no problem with somebody putting uh, any any of these. What is it? Top four guys. Yeah. In their in their top. Like I have, I have no problem with that. That's fine. Um. So I ha- I've been hardened. I've been hardened all season. Mm-hmm. Like I have. I thought it was hardened all year. The efficiency numbers are better. The points off assists are better. You know, he's the best player on a historically great offense and he's an offensive minded player on a historically great offense. And Russell Westbrook is an offensive minded player on a middle of the pack offense, which has been somewhere between like 14 and 17 in points per possession all season. So, so I just didn't, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't quite think it was him. I thought the defense was a wash for all the crap that Harden gets. Um, for all the crap that Harden gets on defense, Westbrook is the same. I mean, they're they're, they're the same defenders. I really don't think there's there's that much of a difference. Uh, but I flipped. I agree. I flipped too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And yeah, I mean, you know, I may, maybe it's maybe it's the local bias. Um, you, you know what though? You know what though, John? It's it's not. I flipped for a different reason. Hmm. Not not. I mean, it definitely has to do. I, for me, it was really close for me all year because Russ is unbelievable. Oh yeah, I mean, same for me. Yeah, and and it, it it definitely my tiebreaker is the clutch time stuff. It's what I've been saying all year. If you're going to make an argument for Russell Westbrook, I don't even care about the triple doubles when it comes to MVP. Yeah, no. I, I care about it. I care about it historically and that kind of stuff. It's awesome. It's an unbelievable, unbelievable accomplishment. It's just incredible. Uh, but it it doesn't mean anything for me in MVP because you're going to say, well, this guy is putting up points, rebound, assist numbers that no one has done since Oscar Robertson. Well, this guy is also James Harden because James Harden is also right. doing that. And this guy is also LeBron James because LeBron James is also doing that. So that is a qualifier for why this is an historic season, 100%. But something being a historic season does not mean it's an MVP season. It just means it's historic. If somebody yeah. else is doing the exact same thing, then it's just you're right back to square zero. It's a, it's a wash. It's the same thing like the defense I was talking about. Harden hasn't been quite as good lately since he had the wrist injury. Mm-hmm. He 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 hasn't been shooting quite as well. Russ and and Russ has been shooting better lately. Like his jump shot has been better now. To me, what bring what brings Westbrook's efficiency down is that he shoots a lot of mid range shots and he shoots a really bad percentage on mid range shots. But if you look at if you look at the efficiency numbers, Harden Harden wins out because he's got like a sixty percent true shooting because his free throw rate is significantly higher than Westbrook. His free throw rate is just insane. Yep. But, I mean, 
Russ is is not. It's not like Russ had. People talk about Russell Westbrook like he's inefficient. He's got a fifty six percent tree shooting. Mm-hmm. It's pretty comfortably above league average. He's been. It's the most efficient season of his career, and and he's breaking the record. The fact that a guy can have above average efficiency when he's going to break the usage record, and those are supposed to have uh, inverse relationships. You know, usage goes up and efficiency goes down. Right, and, and he's got a career high true shooting. A, a good, a legitimately, I'm not great, but legitimately good true shooting with the highest usage anyone's ever had. That's pretty amazing to me. And Harden is Harden's incredible, man. I have no problem. Harden wins, great. He's he's unbelievable, just incredible. There are a lot of things he does better than Westbrook. I just, I, the clutch time stuff, sixty points per thirty six minutes in games that are five point games with five or fewer minutes to go. That's unbelievable. I feel like, yeah, just just because Russ is averaging the triple-double, I know some people want to automatically give him the award for that, but if he was doing this for Dallas or Minnesota, he wouldn't deserve the award. Uh, he just he just flat-out wouldn't. Um, but the fact that, yeah, I, again, the clutch stats, and then the, the, the difference between the two, and I actually wrote about this a couple of months ago for Bleacher Report to kind of put a spotlight on it. Um, Russ is shooting, shooting in clutch situations – uh, I think is about on par with the rest of the game. Harden shooting in the clutch drops. Uh, Russ is a plus 85 in clutch situations. Harden is in minus 27. Uh, and we're talking about roughly the same minutes, 148 to 134. So it's, you know, you can't throw a lot of small sample size in there. Um, the Rockets are 21 and 18 in clutch situations. The Thunder are 25 and 15. I, I just, I think that stuff matters. I just think it does. Me too. And and, and, and I want to be clear, like, this is a tiebreaker. This is not like there there are there are things Harden does better than Russ. I think Harden's a I think Harden is without question, even though they average the same amount of assists per per one hundred possessions. Like I, I think Harden is without question a better passer. A better passer within the offense, uh, a better facilitator. He's better at creating threes, he's better at finding guys at the right moments. And one of the reasons that Harden there are a couple, you know, one of the reasons that Russ has all those game winners and game tires and all that kind of stuff, like the reason he's got all those shots is a, because he's had just uncharacteristically large amount of opportunities because of circumstance and because he's always going to have the ball in his hands. And Mm -hmm. B because when there's a final shot, you know, Russ is never going to be LeBron. He's never passing it up. Right. It's never going to happen. Yeah. He's never going to kick to Danielle Marshall in the corner. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. And uh, exactly. And and James Harden will do that. And yep. and and to me, honestly, that's that that shifts it over to James Harden. Like that's I would rather a player who who is not okay. We know what you are going to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm not voting based on style. I'm voting based on the actual results. And this yep. year. If you replayed the season and you replayed all those end of game scenarios, he's not going to have as much success. He's just not. Yeah, clutch clutch time is random. There's an insanely high variance. You can't project the future off of it. It's it's completely random. But to me, you vote on MVP off of results, off of what actually happened, and he yep. actually did that. He made all of those shots. He averaged sixty points per thirty six during clutch time with the highest. The most points per 36 since clutch time started being tracked in 1996. The highest usage in clutch time, like 62% since it started being tracked in 1996. His true shooting percentage in clutch time is higher than his true shooting percentage on the season. That's rare. Clutch time time true shooting for first options goes way down. Like with Harden, it's down, but it's normal that it goes down because defenses collapse around a number one option during clutch time and guys have, you know, Guys, you know, shots are worse. You just have worse quality shots during that time. So so it tends to go down. You know, you're rushing shots at the end of games or or whatever it is. Like, you know, maybe you have to you have to score real quickly because you're down five with a minute left. So you got to take worse shots because you have to pick up pace and maximize possession so you can come back. Like, guys have worse numbers during clutch time. Lead options have worse numbers during clutch time. And, and Russell Westbrook, he's, it's because he's getting the line so much during clutch time. His efficiency is way higher, and uh, it's just—it is interesting. Yep, it is interesting. And to me, it's just a tiebreaker. It's just a tiebreaker. He's so close. 
Yep, it really it, is. It was so close all season. It's it's the greatest MVP race of my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is the Cavs Warriors Finals last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, you got anything else to say? Uh, nothing else. About All to right. pack up and uh, go see us a ball game. Let's go see. Let's go see a ball game. Let's go see Oscar Robertson. You know what I let's really want that. tonight? I really want Oscar. I really want Andre Robertson to meet him and accidentally pronounce his name Andre, or accidentally pronounce his name <laughs> Oscar Robertson. <laughs> That's what I really want. Oh man, it might not end well for Dre if he does that. Yeah, he should do that. I'll be so excited. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, you can remember, I'm on every weekday, Monday through Friday, and you can head into iTunes to subscribe to Locked on Thunder. Questions, comments, email LockedOnThunder at gmail.com or find me on Twitter at Fred Katz, F-R-E-D-K-A-T-Z. Uh, John, you're John M. Ham, J-O-N-M-H-A-M-M, on Twitter. And uh, you can log on to NormanTranscript.com for all your Thunder needs. I have an article up there on, on Andre Robertson, which I, I'm i going to plug it. I plugged it uh a couple podcasts ago, but I worked, I worked really hard on this one. It took me a really long time to write this. So I'm plugging it, it was, again. It was worth my time. Oh, I appreciate that, John. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was really good in other words. So yeah. but it's like required reading. Go I'll, ahead. I'll take that. Uh, yeah, I worked, I worked really hard on that piece. So I'm going to plug it again. You can go on to Thunder Road. Uh, it's, it's probably going to be by the time this goes up, it, it will certainly be a few articles back, but if you scroll down, it'll be, you know, the fifth or sixth article or something like that from the top on there. Um, yeah, you can find it. So I sat down and watched film with Andre, with Andre, and, and went through all of his all of his biggest defensive plays of the year, and, and thought it turned out and Andre was just great in the interview. He was so into it. He, he, he talked to me for like thirty five minutes, and that's uh, awesome. Yeah, PR guys kept coming over and saying like, "All right, Fred, your time's up." And Andre kept saying, "No, no, no, let's keep going. I want to keep going." I kept saying, "I like watching film. Let's keep going. This, this <laughs> is great." I've never had an athlete like so actively wanting to interview with me like this. It was he was so he was so willing and. I think he wanted, you know, he wants all defense. He wants all sure. defense. And I think he thought this was a good way to get his name out there. And uh, it was great for me because I think he's a great defensive player. And it's cool. It was it was a cool piece to be able to write. So you can check that out on normantranscript.com. Normantranscript.com slash sports slash Thunder Roads or just under the sports tab on the site. And that's going to do it for today. I'm back tomorrow. I'm going to be previewing the first round series against Houston. We'll... Uh, We'll know playoff schedule by then, so we'll know if they're starting either Saturday or Sunday, but I'm going to be previewing that. That's going to come out on Friday on uh, Friday morning. So I'm back then. Until then, Lockdown Thunder is locking up. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. When Flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates the rates. Shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best. Sometimes it's ours, sometimes it's not. When the fox walks, is it called a fox trot? That's a real question. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.